Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today is entrepreneur and Abraham Hicks fan, Louis D'Souza. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Anne-Marie Young is going to join us as soon as she can. She's in the midst of a laborious, horrible task of buying a new car. So, yeah, we're looking forward to having her join us whenever she's able to join us. I mean, it's hard to tell when she's going to be here. She may not, may not even get here till the end of the show. We don't know. But you know how it is if you're going to go buy something like that. You kind of hang out in the showroom for a while. So she's doing that. But while she is doing that, we are doing this. And, Louie, we, we have a cool guest today. We have somebody who's going to talk to us about worms. <laughs> this is not the usual topic that uh, comes up right here on the show, but in this case, I think it's a topic you're going to like because worms. Absolutely. Soil, they kind of go together, right? The worms crawl in and the worms crawl out. They crawl <laughs> in thin and they crawl out fat. <laughs> Don't they play pinochle too? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the UK. They have the really advanced worms there, you know. But. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, Kath, Kathy Nesbitt uh, was somebody who I connected with on, again, one of these host guest websites that are out there. And in the connection, I mean, I love the way she wrote up her profile. She says, I am on a mission to put worms in every living space. Now, th- that actually has kind of a scary concept, the connotation to it. But uh, I mean, and, but she follows up by saying indoor composting with worms. I mean, so like she's serious. So batten down the hatches. But pay attention because she has something good to tell. So, Kathy, with that very inauspicious uh, introduction, welcome to the program. <laughs> Thank you, Walt and Louie. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. And you have a website and you have a, a an, actually an enterprise, Kathy's Crawley Composters. I love the name. Very onomatopoetic and very, uh, um, you know, evocative. Anytime you put the word Crawley into a name, you're setting yourself up, right? You're, you're, you're setting things up. But how did, how did all this get started? I mean, tell you got to tell us a little bit more about this. <laughs> well, it's the 20th anniversary of my uh, Crawley Enterprise. <laughs> and I started, so I'm located in Canada, uh, just north of Toronto. Uh, Six million t- people in the greater Toronto area and our landfill closed. It filled up in 2002. Oh, my. Right? I know. So when, you know, Canada, large, second largest country in the world, we couldn't find a new spot to site a landfill. Um, cause no one wants that in their backyard, right? <laughs> so at, so in 2002, Canada, well, Toronto area started exporting garbage to the U.S. A thousand. Well, now I know where it's all coming from. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we were wondering, where's all this coming from? We don't know. <laughs> you know, just a business transaction. Um, a bad one, right? Bad for the planet, bad for our pocketbook. It's all of our money, but, um, <laughs> Uh, not not the government's money. It's our money. You know, the taxpayers <laughs> paying in. <laughs> um, yeah, and I had a solution. I, so, I, you know, it's really funny because I, I I started my worm business. We had a we had a, a garbage strike in 2002 as well. And it was in the summer, of course, because why would you have a, line, a strike in the winter? It would just be frozen <laughs> and nobody would care. <laughs> you know, so think about Toronto's uh, one of those world class cities. Um, not if it's got a pile of stinking garbage. <laughs> Which is <laughs> nice. I mean, my, my memory, now it's been a while since I've been in Toronto. It's going to be like mid seventies, but it was gorgeous. It was clean. It was pristine. It was beautiful. So to hear about this is kind of a shock, to be honest. Well, you know, the garbage has to be managed somehow and it's managed by people. So, you know, when they go on strike, it's strategic to be anyway. So I had a solution and 
Um, six million people in the greater Toronto area, half living in condos, townhouses, without space to do outdoor composting. And so I'm proposing indoor composting with worms. And I was so excited about this because I realized that we need these worms. I was afraid of them. I looked after a teacher's bin in 93 when I bought my house. You know how we get kind of seeds and things are introduced to us? That's what happened. I'm an avid gardener and composter. The worms are another level. And a teacher friend asked me to look after her worm bin for the summer. And I was like, Ugh, I don't want worms in my house. Gross. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> now it's my life. <laughs> I mean, that, well, but that, that's, I think, the typical reaction. Well, except for Louis. But I mean, in general, that's the typical reaction. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Louis loves worms. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, so I set out to to put worms in every living space. And then I realized, oh my gosh, people are afraid of worms, you know? And I thought, how am I gonna do this? So I started to do school workshops. Um, and I thought, I, now I need to wait 20 years for them to have buying power. Yay, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe it's why I was put on earth, to be, uh, to talk about this, to really educate people about the value of this wonderful thing these worms have been waiting millions of years to help us with our current situation garbage and soil i know we're going to talk about soil so the worms are here that they're the premium soil makers and they're here to help us with our broken food system right our, our farming is all deplete of it's all chemical you know our soil right now is addicted to chemicals um, and so we just need to go back to composting and organic <clears throat> to uh to oil to add the life back in but but i've I, I heard that term before though. before you go there i have to identify and i have to address the elephant in the room i mean i'm trying to imagine soil on the living room carpet so how do you handle soil and worms inside the house how do you how do you contain it oh thank you i would kind of always forget that part i was thinking people think <laughs> worms are just all over the place no they're not free range <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> Uh, they're in a container. So for the do-it-yourselfers, you know, a Rubbermaid container or some kind of tote, um, you need a carbon-nitrogen mix. So the bedding or the carbon is shredded paper, could be leaves, straw, cardboard. You need a little bit of soil. Worms don't have teeth, so you add a, a, the soil for the microbes and the, the grit. Um, some eggshells, and then the nitrogen is your food scraps. So you just, you know, and it's contained. Um, it's aerobic process, meaning with oxygen, so it will never smell like rotting food. And if it does, the oxygen has been converted to methane. So it's, it's just another thing. Bad for us, we can't breathe methane, and neither can the worms. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful system. Okay. I don't know if that really answers my question, but at least it intrigues me. So, okay. <laughs> Louis, I'm going to let you go next while I kind of cogitate on that one, because I know you had something you wanted to bring in. <clears throat> oh, there's so much. Um, where, where to begin? Uh, seems you know so much about compost. I'm really wanting to question you about it, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you if you maybe know this already. If you removed all insects from the world, the humans would die in 20 years. If you removed all the worms from the world, the humans would die in five years. But if yeah. you removed all the humans from the world, the world would thrive. <laughs> Right, I know. So we don't need to worry about the world. This is the part of yeah, we have to worry about the worms. About, like, wait a minute. <laughs> he was always so positive. What happened to him? I don't understand. 
We're getting that out of the way so we can get our dose of happy. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Okay, all right. Well, hey, I'm glad you clued me in. Thank you. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask you specifically about warm composting. You know, you get these um, compost bins that are that are, that are based uh, or designed for heat. And, of course, that speeds up the, the breaking of the material. Um, I do know that only certain types of worms like that type, that, that level of heat, and some other ones don't like them at all. So I was just wondering to know from you, speeding up compost, worms, heat, um, et cetera, how it all fits together. Yeah, so thank you. Beautiful. So regular composting is a thermophilic or heating up process, as you mentioned. So it is the heat that helps it work. Although there is cold composting as well, it just takes a lot longer. Um, and you actually get a finer product with cold comp- composting, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so worm composting is mesophilic process, meaning even temperature. So so we don't want those um, spikes in temperature because you will cook your worms. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so so in a, in a container, you, you need to manage um, a few elements. You want to have a certain moisture, about 75% humidity, um, airflow, so you need holes in your bin, and then... Um, the temperature is important. Room temperature is perfect. So I'm bilingual, 16 to 28 um, Celsius or about 60 to 80 Fahrenheit. Um, Look at me. I'm bilingual. International woman. (laughs) (laughs) Woman of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so outside of those ranges, um, the worms start to go in survival mode. Either too hot or, or too cold, the worms start going into um, slowing down and, and survival. So how do you speed up your compost and keep the worms alive without heating it up too much? <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't want to heat it up at all, actually, you know, because it is the even temperature process. It's the temperature change. And because the worms are breaking down the material, the worms and all the microbes, um, it is a very fast process. Um, so that, so that's, how you do speed up your, your composting process is by adding worms. Okay. Because our old compost system, which was kind of just a piece of plastic, round plastic to hold everything in, yeah. um, was very, very, very slow. It took about a year before we got compost out of it. And we say compost, by the way. <clears throat> This compost or whatever you say, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I speak UK. It's fine. I understand. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so the challenge with one of those composters that you mentioned, like a round black plastic thing, there's not enough surface temperature. There's not enough space for it to become thermophilic. It's very difficult mm-hmm. in a backyard composter to get it to the heating up where it's really super hot. Uh, so, so if that's the case, um, adding worms to your outdoor composter would speed up the process for you. As long as you're not getting those spikes in temperature. If it, you know, if but it was absolutely full of worms, but it was still slow. It was still slow. Um, okay, so then it maybe is particle size and uh, maybe just volume of scraps you're adding in. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, because we add a lot of 
um, fruit. We eat quite a bit of fruit. So, you know, you've got the orange peels and the bananas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> Avos, which we love. Um, I would so say you a, leave quite, out this. Quite a lot of wet, wet things. And we add grass um, from the lawn. And then um, obviously a few leaves and branches and things like that. Uh, yeah, so I was just wondering... You know, do you layer it? Um, is is there any advantage to layering? And if you're laying, how how do you layer? Um, these are all the kind of questions uh, somebody who's more of a beginner like me would, would want to ask, I think. So so composting and worm composting are kind of two separate things. So I'm going to address your outdoor composter. Um, I would say leave out citrus. Leave it out totally, like just put those somewhere else. Okay, <laughs> why is that? Uh, so citrus, um, there is a, an insecticidal property um, in, in orange peels. You know how they make um, essence, orange essence for cleaner? And they make that from the zest of the orange because it has that antibacterial, antifungal property to it. So it's killing right. your bacteria. So, you know, maybe one or two peels, no big deal. But if you just leave them out, then you don't have that issue at all. You don't have to worry about that issue. Well, what do you suggest we do with them? Um, do, do you have a, an organic collection program in the UK or you don't have one of those? No. Okay, no, just some, no. some places do the, have... The collection programs are pretty weak in this country, in my mind. But Okay, so, well, I guess maybe continue to put them in because you don't want to just put them in the garbage. You don't want to just throw them away. Um, just be mindful of that. Maybe eat less oranges then. <laughs> no, no, no. This is all good information for me, Karen. Yeah. Um, so as far as layering, so an outdoor composter, when, you, when you're starting it, you want to have maybe a, open to the earth rather than on, a, you know, a platform or something. Okay. So then it's accessible to the worms. It sounds like you, ha you have that if you've got lots of worms in your mm -hmm. composter. That's beautiful. Um, you want to have it on gravel. Like I know yours is already just for anybody that might be thinking about putting in a composter. Have some gravel. That will prevent any of your rodents, your um, moles and voles and all those critters that love all those microbes. They're going to be in there eating you know, the bacteria and all the, all the yummy pr protein that's in there. Um, so that kind of is a barrier against that. And then you start with a checkerboard of sticks and twigs, just so that you've got some airflow. And then you'll add in, then you start your layers. So then you're going to start with carbon. So you'll add in your brown leaves, your brown grass, um, weeds, and that kind of stuff on the bottom. And then you're going to add in your food waste. And then you just kind of rotate browns and greens and I would be careful putting too much um, grass clippings at one time because it's it's pure nitrogen and it just like you may have experienced if you put too much at one time it just molds it just kind of slimes and and mm. starts to smell bad because it's just rotting rather than composting okay so how, how would you suggest that I've just mowed the lawn I've got a big uh, bag full of uh, lawn so Put some on the side and then, you know, every now and again, add some more or something. Yeah, so um, not for now, but next time you're investing in a lawnmower, I would su suggest getting one that's a mulching mower. So you can actually just leave your, like you just mow it and it just goes over it twice. Or I'm, I'm not sure exactly how they work, but your clippings get left right on. So you don't have to rake right. them up, right? So your work is done, right. and that feeds the grass. That, that's why I want to buy one of those robotic ones, because they go out every night, and uh, 
they leave a little bit of clippings on and uh yeah i like the yeah idea so right that's that, that would ones. be optimum hmm. so next time you're buying one <laughs> do that i don't want you to get get rid of your lawnmower right now so what you can do <laughs> is just kind of do layers so sprinkle it in you know just um maybe a couple of inches rather than just dumping it all in at one time mm -hmm. great and then you want to kind of stir it and it's too much work to stir them like with a pitchfork or something yeah, yeah. right so just get um something like the width of or um circumference or whatever you say of a broom handle and you just poke that in and turn it in six or eight spots and that will add enough airflow so then it stays aerobic if it ever smells bad it's become anaerobic so you want to make sure that it stays um aerobic so it doesn't because plants always require aerobic bacteria to grow. Mm -hmm. And aerobic just requires air for it to change. Correct. Right. Like aerobic exercise. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of imagining the plants that, that are in the nearby garden, you know, getting ready for the compost and, and they're, they're doing their, their squats or something. I mean, they're, they're getting themselves all aerobicized <laughs> for, for the compost. <laughs> <laughs> So, questions? so, um, just, just to give you an idea, um, I've taken the compost once. So, um, I'll go back to soil and, and start there. So what's the difference between soil and sand? I often say to people, and basically it's organic content. Mm. If you remove the organic on content more and more and more, you're going to land up with sand i.e. desert <clears throat> and if you add organic content you take from if you take sand and you add organic content you're going to get soil eventually yes yeah absolutely good well said <clears throat> so what what we're teaching in the the safe soil movement which i'm a part of mm. um and there's a guy who's riding a motorbike who left today from london and he's going all the way to india stopping off at all the day at different cities. Um, on Saturday, I was in a huge hall of 6,000 people that he was talking to at the Excel Center in London. And um, he's a very high-profile figure who has the UN on board with the movement. He, you know, he um, has already signed up six countries, Barbados and a lot of those countries around there on those islands. In South America, another eight are about to sign up, and we haven't even started. This is the first day uh, today that he's ridden out on his motorbike from London. Um, yesterday he was talking. Um, he's got a lot of a lot of actors and prominent and famous people who are um, backing him, etc. He's an exceptional individual. He's got ten thousand volunteers, of which I'm one of them. Wow. <clears throat> Sorry, ten thousand, ten million volunteers. What am I talking about? Um, so he's just really wanting to raise awareness and change governmental policies um, based around it. And he's changing the policies for each individual country and and keeping it very open so that the farmers can make a choice of how they want to do it um, and all the rest of it. And it's a very carefully designed um, program uh, to basically help. It's been very successful already in India um, and just... Landing up 
bringing in, you know, a hundred, I think there's only three countries in the world that don't want to become part of the safe soil movement. <laughs> I'll leave you to guess which ones those are. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, halfway through his trip, he's going to Africa. He's going to fly to Africa to a conference where they're hoping to get the entire Commonwealth on board, which is a huge amount of countries, wow. including South Africa, where I come from and, and all the rest of it. And that that'll be a large amount of countries. Um, so yeah, we're really excited about how far and how fast it's moving already, but it's a, it's, it's, you know, we're really focused on educating people from a very basic, basic level and we're not pushing against anybody. We're not pushing against, um, you know, the big farmer or anybody, we're not pushing against anybody. We're just there to find solutions on how to improve soil. So I took the compost, which I had, to try out the understanding which I've learned. This is all fairly new for me. I mean, I was brought up um, kind of a farmer's son or forester's son um, on, a, on a farm in Africa. And I was always wandering around barefoot and blah, mm. blah, blah. So I've had, uh, you know, an upbringing where fauna and flora were very part of my life. And <clears throat> I took the compost and I put it on my lawn as part of the experiment instead of putting the ooh autumn or winter uh, autumn autumn or spring uh lawn feeder that you can buy at the local thing i took compost which is messy and i put it all over my lawn and that lawn is so springy at the moment it's got all the ants and all the sand things it's got worms coming out of the birds are feeding on the lawn um it's just incredible um, how alive that lawn is. And I've only done it once and to a small, um, well, I, I specifically didn't do it to my whole lawn so I could see the contrast. And I plan to do it every single year to add more and more to it. And of course, as you improve the soil, you um, are sucking up the bad gases from the atmosphere, which we're all bitching about. We're improving the soil quality, which means we're going to improve the food, uh, etc., that we can grow out of it, um, which will help uh etc so you know the desertification or des desertification or i like calling it desertification is you know massive at the moment mm -hmm. you know absolutely huge um how much is is uh it's it's increasing every second um i heard the figure the other day and i was just blown away i can't remember the exact figure but it was massive mm -hmm. um so, you know, we're going to have less and less. They say we've got about 60 crops left um, before we're right down to bare minimum. Um, and the soil percentage should be between 3 to 6%. And a lot of the farms, let's say in India, are only on 0.5%. Wow. And then in India, you get like eight farmers committing suicide a day. Yeah. And yeah. in worldwide, I think it's 350,000 farmers killed themselves last year. Mm. Wow. This doesn't feel very uplifting. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I say. This is not, this is the side of Louis I'm not used to hearing. This is, I mean, <laughs> you have to understand. So, you have to understand. So, Louis is always the person who, who's, who said for like, he's been on the show for years now and over and over again, he keeps saying the same thing. You have to know what it is that you don't want before you can know what, what it is that you want. He's just spending a lot of time on what he doesn't want. Mm. No, absolutely. But again, I'm not seeing this. I'm not seeing any of that as necessarily particularly bad, but I do find it particularly enlightening. 
Mm. You know, now we know, you know, if you sort out soil, do you see how many solutions you can find? You've got better nutrition, which means better bodies. Better bodies mean better minds. Okay. And less mental illnesses. Um, means more sequestering of all the, um, bad gases from, from the atmosphere. And it's not only carbon. Um, which the soil actually needs. So it wants to suck it back in in any case. Um, it means better life for animals, you know, and, uh, you know, be, the big problem at the moment, they say the next world war will be around water. Mm. And I thought, what rubbish. And I went and looked at it in my head and I started realizing that because it's turning to desert, where's the water going? It's going on to sand and then it's going straight into rivers and then it's going straight back into the sea. So when it's green and lush and there's good soil, what's happening is it's going into the soil, isn't it? Yeah. So, and then, and then it's holding it and re- retaining it in the right places where you want it. So it's really exciting for me how many solutions improving the soil can, can have. And um, I was excited to have you on because, um, you know, you know a lot about the composting side, um, which I'm really interested to understand more because um, I haven't really had anybody to, to have a chat about it. So it's really interesting to me to see how you can improve it because the more compost I can have that I don't have to buy from, from somebody who's industrially made it and probably used a lot of, um, uh, carbon footprint to create it. Uh, you know, it's just going to be so much better to create your own, but more quickly, but I found that what we were doing before, even though we had two compost bins, was just too slow. Hello, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie. Hi, Louie. Hey, Hi, Kathy. <laughs> Hi, Anne-Marie. So sorry I was late. How are you? You were buying a car. <laughs> I was buying a car. That seemed to take forever. <laughs> Clearly, they were getting... What did you buy? Meat. Tell us. I bought a mini Countryman. What's that? Oh, wow. Mini, mini, mini. mini. Just a little... You can. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Countryman. I haven't heard that one before, but it's... So one must be one of the newer ones. <laughs> well, basically, it looks like a mini, but it looks like a mini on steroids. A bigger mini. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the non-composted version of the mini as well. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, though. Congratulations on the new car. That's fabulous. Thank you. Congratulations on getting home in a reasonable time. That's also fabulous, especially dealing with the car room, showroom, right? I mean, it's, it's a challenge, but you did it. I did. I got here. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and Kathy has a, 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 a sort of a taste of what she has been kind of preaching for the last couple of years, couple of years, last 20 years or so, um, dating back to, she was telling us how uh, the Toronto area where she lives had basically, they filled up all their garbage and they had to do something about it. And so she started doing something about it. And I'm still I'm still processing what she said like in the first five minutes because she was talking about how you actually create your composting with your worm collection in your house. And she described the, the container for it, but I'm still trying to think, how do you keep the, the worms in the container? I mean, don't they want to crawl out? If they don't want to crawl out, they don't have eyes or ears. Like, no point in going sightseeing. They can't see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, today, John. Um, <laughs> thanks for laughing, Louie. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, and they're eating half their weight per day. So these are really voracious worms, and they eat a lot. So as long as the conditions are right in the bin, no point in going out of the bin. If, their worms are, if the worms are crawling out of the bin, 
um, someone should call the Humane Society because you're mistreating your worms. <laughs> I didn't know that was possible, but okay. I love it. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you again. Katata. So, I, you know. I'm not sure I want to be brought up on charges of worm abuse, though. I mean, that's kind of really wormy. <laughs> it's a real can of worms, and I'm really hoping to make that a positive statement, by the way. Yes. Can of worms, yay! <laughs> <laughs> that's really quite a concept, though. I mean, basically creating compost in the house, no smell, as you promised. I mean, yes. that, that's really something that that's quite a concept. Yeah. And, you know, um, it, it's not it's not my invention. It's, it, you know, I'm just mar uh, marketing it. Um, but the, the thing about making your own com compost. <laughs> <laughs> How would I do? Yes. <laughs> I may revert. To now I understand Canadian. you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the beautiful part about making your own is, you know, what's in it. At least in Canada, I can't speak about other countries, but in Canada, comp, um, fertilizer and triple mix and all of those soil blends are not regulated. You don't know what you're buying. Okay, now I'm really depressed. Let's go back to what was feeling good before. <laughs> no, make your own. No, it's hopeful. It's hopeful because you can make your own. And we can fix all the stuff that we've done. You know, I started my business as a waste management tool, and I quickly realized that Oh, although the waste part is huge, the real big benefit is the black gold that the worms produce. Compost, compost is great. Worm compost is even greater. <laughs> right? It's more processed by nature. So it's um, usually pro processing is not a great thing. Like we're like, oh, it's really processed. But as far as compost goes, it's really a beautiful thing because the worms have made it more accessible to those plants. So that so this safe soil movement you were talking about, Louie, I'm very mm. excited to learn more about it. Mm. Um, because it, again, the the industry is not really regulated. We put a lot of chemicals for our large, you know, agricultural um, plots to grow mm -hmm. lots of food and whatever. But I think the the system's broken right now. Well, you've been doing this. You've been pushing this message for 20 years now. You must have some sense of it. How how well is it being received? How well is it being implemented? You know, everybody wants to scale everything up. My, for some reason, I don't have a business background, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I chose to sell worms by the pound instead of selling the compost, like the final product. And worms breed more than rabbits, and they're not cute and cuddly. So, you know, once you get worms, as long as you look after them, you, you always have worms and then they breed and you have more worms. And so I meet people and they say, oh, I gave worms to my neighbor and my, I sent some to my kid's school. And I say, stop giving your worms away. It's bad for my business. <laughs> 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 um, you know, um, I think I lost my way. Where, what was the question? <laughs> well, the question was, how is it? Well, how well is the whole concept being received? Because you've been basically educating. I mean, yes, it's a business, but really what you've been doing is education. And I'm curious to know, is it being received well and is it being implemented? Uh, yes, it, 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 it is. Um, I have just, just under 10,000 customers um, in 20 years. I know it's not a ton, but imagine each of them having a pound of worms and, and doing their thing. Well, that would um, be five tons, actually. Because, you know, 2,000 to a ton and one pound per, so that's, that's five tons. Right, see? Nope, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, during this cuckoo time, as soon as we got locked down, 
my phone was ringing off the hook. 2020 mm. was my best year ever. Mm. Um, and because our, our schools were closed, so people were like, oh, the kids are at home and everyone's, we need a project. So what do I care how, how the worms came in the house? <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting positioning statement. You don't care how the worms get in the house. It's okay. <laughs> you know, and then the longer we were locked down, um, Canada, we, were, we had longer lockdown than many countries. And our schools were closed from March 2020 till the end of the school year. I mean, the kids just didn't go back to school. They were online. Um, and then in Canada, we import about 60% of our food, six zero. So when our border closes, uh, it's a big problem. And people start thinking about, you know, when the grocery stores are getting empty and uh, people start thinking about, oh, this is more serious than we had imagined. You know, we thought we'd be shut down for two weeks like everyone. <laughs> you know, here we are two years later. Um, yeah. So so as the longer we were locked down, the more increased demand, uh, the 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 more de demand went up as people were wanting to start a garden, grow some food. So what do we need? Oh, we need soil. Oh, what do we need? Oh, we need to make some, we need worms. I don't know. All of a sudden people were um, asking me about worms. So, yeah. So, I, and I think the younger set, I, I believe that the young folks today have been, they were born in this crisis that we're in which our food is broken, you know, the climate crisis, all of these things. So they're, they're aware. I think they're very aware. And there's, I'm, I'm contacted often from um, young people wanting to start farming. You know, what are they doing? So now there's a lot of projects with micro farming where somebody owns a property and then they have a, somebody, you know, grows a strip of something until they're profitable and then they're able to buy their own property and then, you know, so on and so on. So it's, it, it's really hopeful. I think it's a beautiful time that we're in. You mentioned also that the Toronto area has a lot of people in apartments and condominiums, and you were kind of thinking about them when you came up with this approach of, well, let's, let's do our composting inside. And so I'm wondering, are people composting inside in the Toronto area? Yeah, some are. <laughs> that, that was my goal. You know, I, I when I said I obviously I don't have a business background because you know you, people don't buy what they need they buy what they want and people didn't people didn't at least in 2020 2002 no that's 2020 2002 <laughs> people didn't want worms in the house at that time um, more and more people are um, yeah I would say that again it it is increasing and a lot of people who are downsizing say you have a house and you had a garden you composted and whatever. When you move into a, an apartment and there's no system for you to look after your organic matter, that's when I get the calls. People are like, ah, I'm really frustrated. I lived in a house, we composted, had a garden, and now we live in an apartment and there's no way and I feel guilty. I, I, I'm frustrated. And I say, good, because when, you're, when you feel guilty or you're frustrated, if you don't take action, sickness is coming, right? Like if you're like, oh, well, I feel bad. Oh, well, I'm just going to put it down the chute each time. Never mind oh, well, I feel bad, you just keep doing it and you're not looking for solution, then you're kind of going against yourself. That's all I mean. I'm like, good, that's Very how cool. they found me out of frustration. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I'd like to point something out too. I mean, you've mentioned a few times now, now that you're not really a, a business person, but your, your, your business is profitable, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's supporting my husband and I. And it's been profitable for almost two decades, really? Yes. <laughs> so guess what? You're a businesswoman. Woo! -woo! 
<laughs> Thanks, Walt. <laughs> try, try patting yourself on the back. You're doing well. You know, hey, <laughs> welcome to the fold, right? <laughs> Definitely a mom and pop shop, though, other than our millions of employees. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's par for the course. I mean, you look around the, the globe in every single region, in every single township, you know, in every single economy, it's just full of mom and pop shops. I mean, don't call them so much that anymore, but uh, I mean, the old general store is pretty much gone. But nevertheless, most businesses, and, and there are a lot of businesses popping up, especially online these days, people working in their bedroom. They got a second bedroom, they turn it into an office, and they start doing something online. You know, that's the most common one these days. So, hey, welcome to the 21st century where there are a lot of mom and pop and sister and brother and cousins and everybody else doing businesses. Yeah, it's just the way, it's, the way it's going. So, yeah, you're part of a big trend, which Thank is a good you. thing. Yay. So now that we've reframed it a little bit, where do you see yourself and your business going, say, in the next five years? Well, I've added um, laughter yoga to my repertoire of goodies. Laughter yoga. <laughs> Somebody else who knows laughter yoga. Wow. <laughs> and actually, during this cuckoo time, I've been called to do laughter yoga. I, I thought, you know, putting worms in every living space was my mission. And I, and I do believe that it is. Um, now I believe that my second mission, if, you, if, if people are allowed to have more than one, I believe my second mission is um, helping people to... Uh, get out of stress and just live a more wonderful, peaceful, joy-filled life through laughter. So um, during this time, the last year, um, my laughter business has gone through the roof. More, I would say it's almost equal to my worm business at, at this, at least at this juncture. Wow. And, and I believe because we have a mental health tsunami on our hands, it was here before this time. We just have to look at, at it right now. Um, yeah, because there's so many people that are in really precarious situations. And if you're struggling, if you have a mental health crisis or, you're, you know, you're just not well, you're anxious, you're frustrated, stressed, any of those things, um, you can't care about the planet. You really can't serve fully because you're not fully well yourself. You know, you're just kind of partially there struggling along, like just surviving. We, I, I, I believe Louis... Um, as an Abraham um, follower, I believe you believe in like abundance and positivity and believe it, you know, enough for everybody. Um, but when we're, when we're struggling, when we're stressed, um, we're not healing and we're, we're not living our beautiful on purpose life that we're, that we're meant to leave. And I, and I feel like I really do believe my life is like a, I'm, I'm on a float, you know, what a magic carpet, just like, floating from one experience to the next and things happen. I mean, things get in my way and I'm like, Oh, what am I, how am I going to deal with this? Am I going to get stressed and like get mad or am I going to laugh about it and just have, you know, get my, get my dose of, you know, you do your happy dose. Mine is, I say, have you had your daily dose? Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins mm. versus cortisol when we're stressed. Definitely the more desirable fruit cocktail in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, Kathy, definitely. the way I, the way I like putting what you've just said is, um, if God came to you and said, uh, and you were starving and he said, here's an apple or do you want me? Which one do you want? I mean, which one are you going to choose? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Some trick question. <laughs> How hungry am I? <laughs> 
<laughs> there, there is validity to what you're saying, though, because, I mean, that's what Abraham Maslow's work was all about, right? The hierarchy of needs. So if your basic needs aren't met, it, it becomes very difficult slash impossible to set your needs higher than that. But the good news, the way I look at it is, and this is part of the Abraham teaching, is if you can take control of your own mindset, even if you're at that that survival mode level, you can still turn things around. It just may take a while before you care about the, the, the bigger scale things. But you can get there. It's just that you have to start with where you are right then and change that around. And now, and now, and now. And now, and now, and now. <laughs> yes. The eternal now. It doesn't seem to go away. Oh, my God, it's still now. Ah! <laughs> oh, gosh, so fun. I thought it was yesterday, but it's now again. So, Kathy, sorry, I do not know what laughing yoga is, but I'm very intrigued. Oh, good. Okay, let me tell you. So laughter yoga is not about fancy pants or poses. No. It's intentional laughter exercises designed to make us feel good. It was started in 1995 by a medical doctor, Dr. Madan Kateria, and his goal is world peace. Can you imagine world peace through laughing? It's a global movement. Laughter clubs around the world, thousands of clubs. And, you know, again, back to this cuckoo time, most clubs before um, BC were, um, were, were done in person and super fun. I just realized that that is BC. <laughs> <laughs> that that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> not like we said Voldemort or something like that. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so during this, this time, um, you know, everybody's struggling. And, and so laughter clubs were, you know, everybody reverted, reverted to online. Um, and so that you can laugh online in a laughter club. And a laughter club, it's a cardiovascular workout. So there's um, clapping and chanting. And you, when you clap, you clap palm to palm. So you're activating the meridians. And I believe that it serves another purpose, which is for adults, we're very serious. And, you know, we're in our heads. When somebody says, you know, I want you to just laugh for no reason, um, you know, we get all in our head. Our ego might be like, stop laughing. You look ridiculous or I'm going to laugh. You know, it's just so the clapping gives us something to do. So for those that are very um, left brain and logical, um, it's like, OK, oh, I can clap. And then and then it takes them out of like then they're doing something. But it's there's a mantra. So it's ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. And I, when I started, I thought it was so ridiculous. <laughs> well, it is. Let's be honest. It truly is. Anybody who's ever sat in a laughter yoga session, it's exactly the way you just described. There's those first few seconds where, you know, there, there, there's nothing actually funny going on. You're just, you're getting the spontaneous laughter going. And it feels awkward. It feels very, very awkward. So, I mean, I hadn't heard the clapping part. That's a cool idea. Because you're right. You need that distraction. You Something to, to kind of take your mind off of this this really awkward thing I'm about to do right now. Yeah, it's it, it is weird. I mean, at my first club, I went with my mother in law, and I love my mother in law. <laughs> so we went, and it was so odd. The whole thing was so weird. We were like looking at each other. This is weird. But after after you're laughing for an hour, um, we left. And we're like, wow, that was weird. But oh, I feel so great. Mm. So our brain is the thinker. Our brain's like, this is weird. Stop it. You look weird. Quit it. And our body's like the feeler. So it's like pew, 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 all the love drugs getting secreted. And we're, ah, oh, I feel so good. Yes, keep it up. So that that's the battle between the mind and the body. 
um, as far as laughter goes. And that, and that's why it's a challenging thing. You know, when I started, um, I wasn't able to, to start a laughter club, you know, a free laughter club. People, they didn't come. Um, and I, and I did say to the universe too, um, universe, I don't want to do laughter for free because I do enough free stuff. So I want to get paid gigs. <laughs> and so I kept getting paid gigs. <laughs> people said, I want to come to your laughter club. And I said, I don't have a laughter club because I keep getting paid gigs. <laughs> Fun. Um, and then, and then COVID. Oh, I said it. Um, um, and I, I needed to laugh. I'm an extrovert. I need, I need people. So I was really, um, I was really struggling, you know, one moment to the next. I was like, what, what's happening here? And I decided to start a laughter club online. So June, 2020, I started my laughter club. It's um, every Tuesday. So every Tuesday since June 2020, pretty good. Yeah. Um, 9.30. Right that was a great time to start doing it because people really needed an outlet at that point. Oh, we really needed it and I needed it. So I, I was, it was a kind of a selfish reason, but, you know, self-love because I needed to, to help myself so I could, you know, be serving on a bigger scale. So, yeah, people come from around the world now. It's a beautiful global family. And the laughter, imagine when you get people, laughter leaders, we don't need any games, but there is little games like you make milkshakes or laughter cream, ha, 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 and you just, whatever, you just do silly things to inspire the laughter. That's all. It's just because adults need it. <laughs> um, yeah, so when you get laughter leaders together, like on Zoom, people can Zoom around and, and attend different clubs. It's so fun because we don't need priming. We're there to laugh. We're there to get on our, you know, our laughter craft. And we know it's a cardiovascular. If you're going to do it, you know, if you're going to, laughter's the best medicine. We've all heard that. So you need to, you need to take the medicine. <laughs> you you got to laugh. <laughs> well, well, also, I mean, when you've done it a number of times, now you have, your body has gotten to the point where you anticipate it. I mean, your, mm. your, your mind may not be quite ready to anticipate it, but your body is like you described because you get all of these great chemicals floating through the body and the body keeps saying, yeah, give me more, give me more, give me more. This feels great. Even when your brain disagrees with it, your body is saying, Hey, wait, I'm bigger than you are. Come on. Um, and, and literally you want to have more of it. So it becomes easier the more often that you do it. The harder, the hardest one of all is the first one. The Absolutely. second session is easier. The third session is easier than that. And so on and so forth, right? I always suggest that people attend a laughter club at least twice because the first time will be weird and you'll be like, oh, that, you know, at, at the beginning of a laughter club in person, you sit in a circle and you do the name game. So just to show people that you can laugh for no reason, you say you're going to introduce yourself, just say your name and laugh. And the person laughs first and then everybody joins in. So it's not like they're laughing at you. You you start laughing first. And then you would have something like, oh, favorite actor or favorite meal or something. And, and then you laugh. So you go around. In one of the laughter clubs, a woman was so serious. She wasn't able, even able to do that piece. She wasn't able to say her name and laugh. You know, so, you know, people are really struggling. People are sometimes really serious. And I had, you know, I, I do suggest on Zoom, you know, it's nice when you have gallery view and you can just look at everybody because it's making eye contact and, you know, waving at people. And so rather than having speaker view, you would have gallery view. And it's so beautiful. Um, I do encourage people to have their camera on. And one day a person came and they didn't have their camera on. I asked them, oh, you can turn on your camera if you want. But OK, if you don't want to, just play along. 
And at the end, I asked, you know, does anyone want to make comments? I don't anymore because my club's too big. Yay. Um, <laughs> and this woman who had her camera off, she turned on her microphone. She kept her camera off and she said it had been two years since she she had um, laughed or smiled. Wow. And I mean, it just struck me in the heart and I realized, my goodness, wow, if somebody's in in a really sad state or, you know, a depressed state and they just need this, just come. Yes. Just come and get the beautiful vibrations because it is energy. It's just energy. Um, so I never encourage if people don't have their camera on, I don't, you know, keep on poking at them. Come on, turn your, we want to see you. (laughs) Which is smart because what you're basically doing is allowing them to be in the space that they're in at that time. While you sit, like you said, they are absorbing the vibrational space that they're in, because when you are surrounded, I mean, regardless of whether you're online or in, in a room, in a room, it's going to be stronger, mm. but even online, the, when you're, when you're in a space where other people are laughing, you feel it. I don't really care whether or not you are doing the laughing yourself. You're still feeling it. It's going to affect you. And eventually, as it did with that woman, eventually it's going to break through. Mm. It's just, yeah. we can't predict in advance how long it's going to take. We don't yeah. know, you know. And it's a muscle. It's a laughter muscle. Like everyone laughs so hard, your belly's hurting, your cheeks are hurting. You're like, oh my gosh, stop laughing. I mean, maybe you forget because maybe you were kids, but <laughs> <laughs> um, those are the laughter muscles. And, and the beautiful part is the pain does not endure. Like it's just a reminder. Oh yeah. If you get those laughter muscles, from, if you get those pains from laughing, you need to laugh more. This is true. Yeah. I mean, now, personally, I, I've not ever been really crazy about the laugh at nothing thing. So for me, I always have to have something funny to throw in there just to kind of get things going because it's easier. I mean, mm. let, let's be honest. You know, if I'm looking at myself in the mirror and laughing at myself, it's probably not the strongest way to say I love you. It's, you know, it, it's kind of a tough way to get going. Um, if you have really great self-esteem, you can do it, you know, and, and that that's perhaps where a bit of the challenge is. But if we can throw something in that's just kind of like a little offhand semi-funny remark that it's easier it's like it's great like greasing the skids so to speak it just mm. kind of it just kind of gets it going and i mentioned that simply because there are there are many people who do laughter yoga who have no problem with that there are others who are purists they don't want you to tell a joke they don't want you to say something funny they think you should just be able to just go into to the laughter mode and i'm thinking wow isn't there a little resistance going on there i don't know mm. have you experienced that at all have you encountered that Absolutely. Yes. We're not, we're primed for laughter, but laughter has been squished out of society, right? You can't control people when they're laughing um, their heads off, right? Like, have your seats, people. Ha, 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 ha. It's okay. We're going to begin, people. Ha, 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 ha. Right? Everyone's laughing. Nobody's paying attention. Um, so, I, you know, we are primed that we do need something to laugh at. Hmm. And that's, that's what, that's why laughter yoga is not about jokes or comedy. It did start with jokes at the beginning. Um, you know, they gathered in a park, five people, they were telling jokes after about two weeks, there was about 50 people, but the jokes started to become off color about somebody. And so, right. So then it's not funny for everybody. It might Mm -hmm. be funny for some, but not all. And that wasn't the idea. The idea is to get the benefit. And Dr. Kateria was writing an article about, he was writing a research article about laughter and discovered all this research about mm-hmm. laughter is the best medicine. If it is, why don't we just laugh? You know, he was tired of dispensing antidepressants and maybe taking some, I don't know. <laughs> um, mm, okay. <laughs> no, 
So, you know, so laughter yoga was started and, and the yoga part is not like doing yoga and laughing. The yoga part is the deep diaphragmatic breathing and the practice of the laughter. So it's just, you know, that's what the yoga part. And I think that discounts people that are like, I don't, I don't like yoga. Well, I, I don't know what the actual response is from people on that. I, ha I haven't experienced enough of it, but I'm going to kind of guess that for many people, it's two different kinds of yoga. Mm. I mean, they just think about it as two different categories, so to speak. Even though they, they you're right, they pretty much address the same kind of thing, but it's just thought of differently. Yes. Yeah, it's not, yeah, for the purists of yoga, it's laughter yoga is probably a joke. <laughs> Even though there are no jokes. <laughs> and, and, and the laughter of yoga people aren't allowed to say that because it would be funny. So, yeah, this is a really interesting challenge. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, I have to admit, that's why I like doing uh, the, the podcast instead, because I don't have a bunch of you know, laughter yoga purists saying, no, 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 you're not, you're not allowed to tell jokes. Enough of the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it doesn't matter as long as you're the... the well, the we wouldn't be able to have a show if that was the case. This is true. Yeah, the show would be done. Okay, last episode. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, I, I, well, I grew up with a father who was like, like many fathers of my generation. He was the the king of of clean jokes, with clean laughter, and you get exposed to that long enough, and and yeah, sure, I've I've encountered plenty of blue laughter in my life, but you don't need it. You, there's lots of ways to laugh without. It you know, making fun of somebody or whatever. You can, you can actually find things that are funny just because they're funny. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, they're, they're intriguing enough to, to kind of look at the funny side of them. That's the way I've looked at it. Life is pretty funny. It's a, it's crazy, really. Let's be perfectly <laughs> honest. This is a, this is a silly place we live in. It is. This is a just plain. So how many people actually think that it was a sober decision to come into a place of contrast? I mean, right? seriously, <laughs> where, where's, where, where's the common sense? We, I'm going to go and I'm going to do a whole bunch of things that I don't like because it's good for me. There's no way that's a sober decision. That doesn't happen that way. There's got to be a joke side to that. Agreed. Yeah, I agreed. <laughs> oh, that's the way I see it. Anyway. Because you can get very serious about that kind of thing. Yes. And, you know, people do wonder how can we laugh during this crazy time, right? It's really yeah. serious. There's a lot of serious stuff going on. And the response to that is we must. We must laugh. Because if we're not laughing, we're crying in the corner and, and you know, we're, we're stressed. I, I'd love to give you a demonstration of how um, laughing is really a beneficial thing to do, or at least breathing deep. We, so we the brain... So the brain requires 20, 25% um, more oxygen than the rest of the body as an operating principle, right? It's a machine, the answering machine. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so when we're stressed, we're not breathing properly. So if you ever lost your keys, phone, glasses, and you got to go and you're like, oh, where are my keys? I got to go. As long as you're flapping around, you're never finding your keys, right? Because your brain is literally being deprived of oxygen. That's true. Yeah. So you just need to stop, take a deep breath, laugh it off, ha, 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 ha. apologize to everybody that you just uh, yelled at, and then your keys will show up. <laughs> and it's true. That's exactly what happens. I mean, we talk about it here on the show in terms of law of attraction, but really it's the same thing. You're changing your focus away from this terrible little situation that you don't like to what you do like. In the process, you're breathing better. You're slowing down. 
you're stopping all the frantic activity. So the, the two are basically the same thing. It's just two different ways of describing the same thing. It, absolutely, right? Yeah. There's no one way for anybody. Like some people might despise laughter yoga. That's okay. There's other things. There's tapping. There's, you know, there's all kinds of modalities to get out of stress. But I really would encourage people to take that leap, whatever it is to get out of stress, because when we're in stress, which is like all the time, um, <laughs> we're not healing. We're not digesting properly. We're just not really functioning properly because we're just trying to get out of stress. Now, wouldn't it be cool if we could find a way to get the, the worms to laugh? Yes, I mean, can you imagine, would. Can you imagine what kind of yield we would get out of that? <laughs> How do you know they're not, Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. I, my ears aren't attuned to that level. You're, you're, you're right. They could be laughing and I wouldn't know it. That's a great point. Yeah. I thought of that. Yeah. They are hermaphrodites and do breed a lot. So they, uh, there is some shenanigans going on. Hmm. I hope they're enjoying it. I mean, if you're not going to laugh, at least enjoy it, right? That's what I would think. Yeah. <laughs> This has been fun, though. Uh, before we go, um, there was something you wanted to let us know about, uh, about an upcoming, I think it was an upcoming laughter yoga thing. or I, don't I have, yes, yeah, so I would love for people to come to my, I did mention my Tuesday club. It's Tuesday mm -hmm. at 930 Eastern time, uh, half an hour th of super fun self-care. I incorporate tapping, brain gym, other healing modalities. Um, yeah, I just want to help people to again, live a more joy-filled, peaceful life. And I think that laughter is one modality that can help people. Definitely is. And then you Absolutely. also have a website about the worms, although you don't call it worms. You, you have a, a rather product thing. But tell us about the website too. Yeah, so the laughter website or the worm website is kathyscomposters.com. And everything is there. My, you can Because I've had that one for 20 years. Laughter is fairly new. <laughs> It's kathysclub.com is my laughter site, but um, everything's on my worm, my worm page. And yeah, everyone's welcome. And, and then also for those who are interested in buying, how far do you ship? Uh, we can ship our system. We have a beautiful system that actually doubles as a stool. So people don't have to do the harvesting and whatever. If people hmm. have a small space. So we can ship that around the world. The worms only within Canada. Ah. Okay, so there are limitations there, which means that if they don't live in Canada, they need to find alternative sources. I imagine there are alternative sources, maybe some you know about. Absolutely. Uh, in the U.S., there's you have lots of worm growers, Florida, Texas, Texas California, Georgia, the, the warmer states. Sorry, <laughs> Connecticut. Um, UK, there's, um, there is a, there is We're a, warming up. We're getting warmer. Let's put it that way. <laughs> In the UK, there are, uh, red wiggler growers as well. Around I, the world. I presume Australia, New Zealand. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All over the place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good stuff. I, all right. I'm just a, a little bit confused about buying them when they just seem to be so many all over the place. I don't know. Is this, is that not normal for, for, for gardens? Have worms so the, oh, so there are thousands. Thank you, Louis. There are thousands of types of worms. Only a four have been identified as optimum for vermicomposting. And you're looking for surface dwellers. Um, if you've got worms in your compost, they, they possibly are the composting worms. Um, so you're looking for red wigglers, European night crawlers, African night crawlers, or perionics are the four types that have been identified so far. I mean, I'm sure there's others. Um, so, so the big ones, which we have, we've got other ones as well, but the, the big ones that they usually use for fishing, 
um, are, are they good or bad or indifferent or? Um, they're cousins. They're they're the soil dwellers. The red wigglers are not soil dwellers, so they're not. They're going to be in the compost, but they're not going to be in your garden, unless you have a high organic content in in your soil. Mm-hmm. They'd be able to survive there, but otherwise. Um, what level of organic content does the soil need to be before they're happy? Um, I, I don't have a number off the top of my head. Just if okay. you're adding a lot of compost and mulch and stuff, mm. if you know, rather than just kind of inert sand, <laughs> sand mm-hmm. or silt or clay or something on its own. Because um, it looks like I've got that one piece of grass up to that level because there's loads of worms in it. Yeah, so um, you may be able yeah. to. I, I got my first red wiggler worms from my backyard composter. Mm. So it so it is possible, and they grow in. in I need manure. to now start studying my worms as well. Mm. <laughs> There's so much in in this world of soil. <laughs> yeah, the soil. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> if you wanted to go even deeper, like this, this is a great book to begin. Teeming with microbes. Ah. Soil food web. That's that's what you want. That's though the soil food web is all about. So the worms are kind of the top predators. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all kinds of like uh, mites and bacteria, fungi, all kinds of smaller little things that are. Oh, it's a whole, a whole beautiful microscopic world under there. And if we mm. feed the soil, we don't have to worry about the plants. We don't need to add, you know, chemicals Absolutely. to the plants. Yeah, we yeah, just. Yeah. And, and I know you're you're in that. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to if I could help out with that safe soil movement. I would I would be happy to be one of. In those. the private chat, I've sent you the link. So. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. it is. Okay, yeah. I'm looking yeah. out where. <laughs> Once you become a soil buddy, that's the first step, and then you know all the information comes, and you can join all the different groups. I've I've now got a WhatsApp group of like three or four hundred people that are just scientifically based information on soil, um, and then you get groups for kids and groups for adults and groups for this and groups for 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 all different types of focuses. Mm. Thank you. For composters it. and, you know, everything. So. Beautiful. I love it. Mm. Well, we love the fact that you took this time to share all these really cool secrets about laughing at worms. Yeah. Actually, that really wasn't quite Definitely. what we were doing. We covered both topics pretty well. And uh, I love the idea. I love I love what you're talking about. You can actually create your worm composting inside. I never really thought of that. I bet you most people never thought of that. So thanks for sharing that. Now more people know, at least four more. Absolutely. I knew before. So, you know, hey, it's growing. That's good. Yay. Thank you, Walt. I'm so excited to have the opportunity to be a guest on your program. Thank you. And we've been. Love having you, Kathy. Yes. It's been wonderful. So, thank you very much. Thank you, podcast listeners everywhere. Thank you, Anne Marie and Louie. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.